Welcome to OA50, where we'll master mediocrity and find meaning in the dictionary and fight for the respect of dad jokes. Here we go. Okay, so welcome. This is going to be interesting. I'm coming in with totally unscripted. Don't even have notes to rely on. So if you're watching, <clears throat> excuse me, really good start. If you're watching this on YouTube, which is very unlikely. Um, you won't see my eyes dashing to look at something, except I do have some stats up and getting a message from zoom i use zoom to record the video and audio i did garage band for a while and um it's great i love it used it for music very user-friendly but uh the zoom audio i think it's decent so you just have to tweak it a little bit so i'll send it to GarageBand, uh, but for the most part, Zoom on everything. And no, no endorsement there. Not getting paid to say that. They looked at my analytics. It would explain why. <clears throat> so, all right. I do have an idea of what I'd like to talk about. Speaking of stats, so it looks like I put out eight episodes, and if you're like me, which is very unlikely, cliff notes, summaries, those are useful, particularly if the broader content is delivered by somebody like me, you're like, all right, man, just get to it, dude, get to it. So I'm going to get to it. And I thought I would just run down the list of these episodes and give you a quick snapshot of what they were about. And I hope to keep this under five minutes, but because I'm so ill-prepared, I didn't even set a timer. So backing up just for a second, usually when I record these, even when I was doing just audio, I would have a kind of a a general sketch of what I would talk about when I would find the time to actually record it. But uh, having a three and five year old and life, it's tough. Like right now, it's 1050 at night, Saturday night. This is what I do. Kicking it freestyle right now. And um, so it is eerily quiet. And there's some trepidation on my part because I've got these on and um, my three-year-old wakes up, which she invariably does. And I'm a little bit challenged to hear her. And if I don't hear her, then my wife has to pick it up. And if I can avoid that, I'd like to. So that's additional inducement to keep this short. So, 
Anyway, that was just for color to help you understand that when I record these, it's often on the fly and just doing it because I found the time and I want to do it. So going through these real quick. Happiness switch. That was the first one. Listen back at that and actually got some feedback from my high school girlfriend. She knows who she is. And if you know her or me from high school, you know, she is too. And um, she definitely speaks how it is and is very straightforward. I love that about her. And um, so I had briefly hosted a couple of episodes, maybe a trailer on Facebook, which I never, ever get on anymore. I'm pretty much detached from social media, but I um, did that and she caught it and really sweet. She messaged me and said, Hey, I listened to it. And she's like, the background music is really distracting. I felt that when I was listening to it, I was listening more to that than your voice, which could be for a number of reasons other than the music. But um, but she also had some really nice compliments about the content. So she's listening to this. Thanks a lot. That meant a lot. It really did. And um, so but I was listening back to the happiness switch. And um, man, I got not only to have background music, I think I had explosions going on for each of the four switches. Ooh. Um, but the content on that mecca the four switches were movement engagement connectivity and um absence of attachment that's your a and i think they're really important and uh, they were a culmination of a lot of stuff that i've read listened and, and studied about i was really trying to think of when i take these different philosophical perspectives and um, even some of the science biology around it. Is there something I can pull out of that kind of tease into something that's simplified um, and, and meaningful? Because a lot of times I think the perspectives on finding happiness or joy in the moment are often very challenging and, um, in some ways unrealistic, like for instance, if you're from Eastern practices, a lot of it may center around meditative practices and in our lives in our contemporary society, we just don't have time to really devote uh, to that type of vigorous practice. Now it's not to say that we can't uh, meditate or use some of the other practices because I do on a regular basis. Um, and it's very helpful. And I've kind of found my my lane on how I use meditation and um, also yoga. Love it. Love stretching. Really don't call it yoga. You might just stretch and do different poses, but it's great. But that's the the mecca. Those four switches were really a distillation of that. And so their movement and can very well mean in the traditional sense of exercise, getting into the gym, walking 30 minutes a day, tons of good information on 
what you can do there, like zone two cardio. Um, and I think I'd mentioned Andrew Huberman, uh, which is a fantastic podcast. Rich Roll, Dr. Peter Tia. There's some really good names out there. Rhonda Patrick, who actually went to UT Memphis. This is where I live for a long time. I'm a Tennessee boy. Um, so, but you've got movement, engagement, and engagement is, it's really two perspectives. One is finding things that that will give you a good path to stay engaged. So hobbies, work, to really hold your attention and um so you get into a, a low state that is you're absorbed in the activity itself. And, uh, but it can be more, I think, benign than that. And that is when even in situations where you want to be distracted, like as a dad, um, I recognized pretty early on that I was creating tension in the moment with you know, my kids because even though I was spending time with them, you know, I wanted to be on my phone. I wanted to watch something. Something else was really grabbing at my attention. And I found that when I engaged, even if it was something I really didn't want to do, like there are these little people figures. And my five-year-old loved them as a baby. And I would... First of all, it was a lot of friction just to play with those, to actually get into it. But the only way that I could get into it was not a way that he was happy about, which is understandable. Um, so I really tried to figure out, all right, what makes him happy? And it was completely outside of my normal wheelhouse. But um, in any event, so when I say benign, it is moments like that where you are committed to an activity or doing something and you really don't want to do it. Well, it's finding pleasure and in, in that moment and really trying to figure out how you can engage. Because what I also learned is that he knew when I wasn't fully engaged and my three-year-old does too. They, they pick up on that. The signals are crazy. Their receptivity to unspoken body language is just it's admirable i wish i had it they're 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 in tune and maybe it's just my kids but uh they were like jedi knights on that so i found that i could really figure out a way which is tough and i still do a really terrible job at it um but that engagement and we find that path and we stick with it, it really does provide an elevated state. Maybe not happy, maybe not joy, but it's it's elevated. Um, and with something like my kids, for two reasons. One, because I'm actually in the activity and figuring it out. I'm using my brain or body, whatever it may be. But two, I get to see their reaction, uh, which is a lot better then when I'm on my phone and trying to do two things at once and um, it would take me in the complete opposite state because they're pulling for my attention. I'm pushing 
or different attention and I'm creating tension, aggravation. And so if you happen to be a parent of young kids, even older ones, I'm just not there yet. Um, maybe you'll recognize that, that, that tension, aggravation, um, that you may be feeling may not be because of what they're doing, but because your desire to do something else or to be disengaged is conflicting with um, your commitment to engage. Um, so that's engagement. Uh, Second connectivity. Uh, this is pretty general, but I think a very important uh, element to, to joy and that is having good authentic connection with folks and um my wife gave me some feedback on that and said I was a little bit contradictory when I was explaining that and listening back I think I was because I said that like if you're in a grocery store line you throw a quip make a joke or whatever and she's like that's not really authentic connection and it's not but I think what I was trying to convey there was it's an opportunity to engage with someone and um even if the level of engagement is somewhat cursory it's it's this opportunity to if you have the time maybe learn something about them or give something of yourself and what i meant by the quip or joke was giving something of yourself and lighting that person up and so the connectivity is with that, making your opportunities of connection meaningful, but also the, the keeping good folks around you, keeping that type of positivity. I absolutely believe that birds of a feather flock together. And so if you're around toxicity or those types of personalities, it's going to rub off on you. And certainly does with me. I know if I'm in conversations and we're talking about negativity or bitching and moaning, uh, that's, I'm going to adopt that. It's, it's going to, I'm going to, that's going to be the flavor of my personality and my lens. And, uh, I'm a lot better when it's positive. Um, last one is attachment, which for me is challenging. Uh, being raised in a culture and in an environment where things and um, certain, I think, uh, aspects of our life are prized when at the end of the day, they really don't add much value and certainly don't facilitate a positive direction in terms of how we're using these very finite seconds of our life, which aren't a lot. It's crazy. I'm looking back, I'm almost 50 years old. Can you believe it? I mean, really? 50? And by the way, that was for viewers, which I ought to say that in the singular. There's probably just one viewer, me. But if you're watching, um, yeah, I was making a joke about how could this guy possibly be 50 years old? That's a 50-year-old joke. By the way, I'm not 50, I'm 49. Um, but in any event, 
so for me being in midlife now and reflecting back like how much time i wasted and how much aggravation or frustration i would get around things and attachment it's crazy and you listen to my perspective and the god switch um it's really i've found that the uh called a spiritual religious journey but it's trying to figure out not necessarily the purpose in life because that, i think that's a that's a difficult concept for us for me to really get my arms around but um using my time wisely understanding that I'm given this great opportunity to be here. How do I, how do I use it? And um, when I think about attachment and just getting stoked about things that really are immaterial towards that purpose, that's what I'm talking about. And so I found that the more I can relieve myself of that type of anxiety, that type of attachment, better state I'm in. And kids were very revelatory in that respect because plenty of things around the house that I prize and I'll wreck it in a heartbeat. Now, but if I touch an Elsa doll, it's a different story. Um, so that's what that is. Having a switch. So Mecca movement, engagement, connectivity, and um, losing attachment. Could have called that detachment, but it wouldn't have had a uh, acronym. So uh, Q&A switch didn't do much there other than some voices that probably irritated anybody other than me. Uh, persuasion switch. Man, um, actually, that's a trailer for the persuasion switch, but let me go and jump to it. So that's where I introduced people skills, which is my own acronym. I want to talk to a copyright attorney about that. Anyway... Uh, so it, people stands for purpose, evaluation, or empathy. Um, openness is the O, the other, uh, P is patience. And the last two letters are listening and, um, expression. And I really would like to spend some time on at least a few of those to break those down, both from a professional perspective and a personal perspective of how they're useful, because I just think that sticking with that framework and any sort of meaningful conversation, hell, really any conversation should be had with a purpose. Like, even if it's just to bitch and moan, understand that if you want it to be a unilateral conversation because you just want space to have a sounding board, let the other person know that because we all have an inclination that when we're hearing that type of stuff, I say we all, there's some good folks who have better wiring than I do who are much more patient and don't offer reflection. But, um, but purpose, understand why you're going into it. And that is a beacon or navigating the conversation and bringing it to the right conclusion. Um, the empathy or evaluation is simply understanding the, the other person's perspective, um, which I think is also important both professionally and personally. 
if it's a significant conversation where you realize you're at two different points and you want um, a compatible solution, you got to understand their perspective. And if you need more information, that's what the conversation's about. So it's understanding that at the beginning, like, okay, I, I think I understand what their perspective is, but I do have some lingering questions. Then maybe the purpose of that conversation isn't to persuade. Maybe it's to get some diligence, some intel on their perspective and pick up the broader conversation, the persuasion later. Um, openness is being open to that perspective is really understanding that there's a difference between facts which are shared by both and don't change facts and stories what we how we paint those facts and so if in my experience if i want it to be a constructive conversation particularly if i want to persuade them of my irrefutable perspective then I can't do that unless I'm engaged in an open way where they feel like they have space to really share their story. Um, the other P, patience. It's pretty, pretty understandable that when you are all throughout the conversation under being open, that we're being patient as part of that exercise. When we're listening, we are absorbing, we're actually listening, we're not waiting to speak. Um, and although we're listening, it doesn't mean that we can't be an active listener and probe for understanding, but patience. Uh, people can read it. If you're impatient, they will disengage, and that sucks. That'll cave a conversation, perhaps even the opportunity to get to whatever solution is the right one. And then L for listening, listen to what they say. Uh, I usually give the the floor to the other person. Um, as much as I like to talk, I really try to do that as quickly as possible. They, they can get it out. They have said their piece. Now, it doesn't mean I don't prime it to say, look, here's here's while we're talking here's and to share some of my perspective so that they can speak from an angle that is relevant, but, um, listening probably of any of them, that's the toughest one that I have is really absorbing because I, if it's a meaningful conversation, I'm probably pretty eager to get to this last one, which is expressions saying whatever you have to say. And with expression, there's so much to think about there. It's not only what's coming out of your mouth, but the body language, um, being respectful, making sure it's constructive, and um, using some discretion on what's said. Because it's if it's a conversation in which there are some emotions tied, it's very easy to get sidetracked to talk about those emotions or to get emotional. And if that's not going to be constructive towards the purpose, then um, it's probably 
not going to be constructive towards a solution. All right, that's the persuasion switches, people skills. So hopefully I can find the time to put some more meat around that, share some anecdotes, and that's helpful. Matrix switch, perceptions, reality, and that is that of perceptions that exist, mine and anyone else's, um, I can control my perception the best. And how we frame our experience in the moment and, and reflection means everything. Um, and so if I'm walking into a situation where confidence is a key attribute and I'm lacking that confidence, then it's going to be a different experience than if I went into it with confidence. And um, I found that there is a clear relationship between competence and confidence. And um, so it's understanding the driver's or your perception, why do you feel that way? And what way would you like to feel? And um, and understanding what can be tweaked, both in preparation and in the moment, to make it a better experience. Um, as far as perception and reflection, I talk a lot about that and the gratitude switch. But if it's a negative experience, when we look back on it, what, what, can, what can we tease out of it? to make it construct constructive, if not even positive. All right, there's that. And I'm flying through these. Why did I talk so much when I was putting these episodes together? No idea. Um, so next one is YouTube feedback and upcoming episodes. No meat in that. The God switch. No real switch in that other than offering that um, when we think about God and uh our spiritual religious perspective. There's a lot to think about. And I think the main theme that I offered in that was to really think about it and don't fear the danger and, and challenging um, your perspective or others perspectives, um, particularly if it's centered around faith perfectly reasonable to have questions. And I, that's an exercise that still in, and I hope anyone who listened to uh, that episode didn't take any offense. Um, I don't think, I think I kept it fairly neutral because uh, there's no real, I think negative perspective I have on any religion or a, practice of faith. Um, and in fact, it's a, it's a nod to those who are convicted, who really feel a, a strong faith, even where there may be a lot of questions. I think it's great. Uh, particularly if that's what guides your life journey. Um, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, but even those who are feel like they're firmly grounded, I would imagine there are probably some questions. And it's a, I think it's a worthwhile experience not to ignore those, but to take them up and uh, to explore those and, and see what you find out. The 
Well, I think there are a couple of possibilities through that exploration. Either you're going to find out something that alters what you believe. That's okay. Um, you're going to find out something that affirms it. That's okay. Or you may not get an answer and realize that that's where faith and your belief beyond our, I guess, contemporary sense of deduction stance. And that's, that may be okay. Um, but uh, even for me, where having been raised in a, um, with a, I think a strong Christian conv- a conviction, um, I was very open-minded and looked at other religions, not necessarily with any intention to practice those, but just to learn more about it and try to synthesize those religions with my Christian perspective, understanding that there's a fair share of folks that walk this planet who are either agnostic or practice something else, but are wonderful, beautiful people. In fact, there's a book put out by the Dalai Lama and I cannot remember the guy's name, but um, it's called something like Key to Happiness, Happiness something, And but he is a Christian, he's a Catholic, uh, I want to say he's a cardinal, but um, and they have a chat about happiness. And to watch those guys together, you, would, you wouldn't believe that they were from two very, very different faiths. And it occurred to me not too long ago, I was talking to my wife about it, who's been on a journey of her own. It's pretty cool to, to watch um, that if we get past some of the, the nuances in each of these we'll call mainstream religions, say like Buddhism and Christianity. Is there, is there something that we can distill those all down to that they share? And because the possibility might be that God understood that with the vastness of our population and geography, that having free will to give us free will we can make our own decisions, no matter the evidence that's provided by God on what is true in terms of our faith, we're going to reach differing opinions. And maybe God intentionally offered different paths to the central theme that brings us closer to God, even though they may be shrouded in different religions. So that when we think about a wonderful, beautiful person who practices Buddhism and the same from Christianity, they end up in the same spot, even though the religions seem irreconcilable fundamentally. But maybe that's okay because the common theme that's shared, maybe it's love, love, community, whatever whatever those attributes are that are really fundamental to our essence as human beings, maybe that's all that God really wants us to get out of it. And 
So each of those religions that practice the right way end up in the same spot. Anyway, it's a thought, who knows? But maybe somebody does know. It's part of the God switch is just say it's an exploration. Uh, last one's gratitude switch. It was uh, simplest terms to offer the perspective that gratitude, being thankful, um, can be just more than, I think, in the sense of, hey, you did something for me, thank you, but um, make it more meaningful and finding gratitude or appreciation in the moment and reflecting on things in the past that at first blush don't seem to really offer that much thanks. And in mine, I shared a professional experience where when I looked back on it, it was a terrible experience. But once I got away far enough away from it and I was more even about my reflection, um, but I saw was a lot to learn about myself. Now it's, wouldn't re-invite that experience. Um, but I definitely learned a lot and uh, I'm, th I'm thankful for that. And the other example that I offered is as far as being thankful in the present is when we're experiencing something in the moment is if we're not getting something positive out of it is to reframe it. Think about it a different way and be thankful that we have that opportunity to engage in whatever it is. So I think that wraps it up. Don't know how much time I took. It's probably a full episode. This was supposed to be a recap. That's why I gave you that fancy intro. You know, I was going to call this a quick switch. We'll see what I actually do with it. But it's all I have. Appreciate you listening. And by the way, you want to leave me like, stars, whatever the ratings, that's great. Probably less meaningful. If you write a review, that's really great. Even if it's constructive, it's awesome. Or to reach out, um, I think I give the hashtag or the link to, um, oh, Instagram. And, uh, but there's also an email in there too. Uh, feel free to email. I'd love to hear back if you've got anything to offer, whether it's positive, negative, or if I haven't heard from you in a long time. Be great. So see you later. Bye.